FYI, and I don't mean fake news, this podcast contains huge spoilers. Hey everybody, welcome to episode 279 of the podcast that goes Snick. Snick. We're your host, Jason and Denise Venable, and everything this old is new again. Stop how behind we are. A little bit, so we have, you know, one of our, our all new, our all new Wolverine stories is going to start old woman, Laura. Oh, man. That's what they're calling it in the, uh... Old Woman Laura. Yeah, you know, to play off Old Man Logan, which yeah, we will also okay. catch up on. Not to be sexist, but Old Man Logan sounds way better than Old Woman Laura. It's a little awkward. <laughs> it's... No, it spells owl, <laughs> so that's cool. Like, spinster Laura. <laughs> spinster Laura. I'm gonna, I think we should try to introduce that into the, the all-new Wolverine lexicon. Spinster Laura. Spinster Laura. Yeah. All right. We'll take bets on how many cats she has. <laughs> Cat lady Laura? Yeah. <laughs> has she taken up knitting, too? <laughs> yes. <laughs> and, of course, we have to catch up with the last Where is Wolverine issues, which are several weeks old. Um, <laughs> You've probably already read them, had your own opinions on them. But hey, we're here. And, you know, before we get to that, we have some old Wolverine news to talk about. Old Wolverine news? Yeah, several weeks old. Pretty much everybody's probably talked about it but us by now. Um, but we're late with a reason. Uh-huh. And that reason is we suck. But <laughs> also, we just had... A lot going on. Um, a lot. A lot, yeah. Our, our, our upstairs bathroom kind of fell apart on us and started to come through our kitchen ceiling. Yep. <laughs> so we have a nice big hole in our kitchen ceiling right now that we paid to get. Um, <laughs> and we can't use our upstairs bathroom. So in a house of four people, we're all sharing one bathroom. Yeah, granted, one of them is a toddler, so how much bathroom are they really sharing? But still... Yeah. The other one is an 11-year-old boy. Lots of sharing. and Lots of sharing. And when you're the only girl in the house, there's lots of, can I please just have two seconds to myself? <laughs> and we kind of say no. <laughs> and then there's, but I have to pee. Right. And so, as many of you have probably experienced similar situations, insurance is not fast. No. A dead turtle is faster. A dead turtle, yes. A dead tortoise. <laughs> Slightly faster. So, um, you know, we're, we're going on a, a few weeks to trying to get this taken care of and have several weeks ahead of us to get the bathroom all fixed up. And just kind of been a uh, thorn in the side. And then on top of that, I got really sick. Um, yeah. We had a, uh, funny enough, in a story that seems like you wouldn't blame one thing, you can blame the other. We had a uh, a neighborhood crawfish boil, and you would think, oh, well, obviously, it must have been bad crawfish, but no, it turns out it was just a, a bad cook. 
And not a bad cook, like he's great at cooking, just introduce some um, germs to the process. Yeah, I don't as, think as the, patient zero. I don't think the um, spider monkey patient zero realized that <laughs> no, they no, had no, no. a stomach bug. Very, very innocent, and we didn't get sick till afterwards. Didn't know. Yeah. But several of of us, including myself, got got pretty sick. Yeah. Um, in gross ways that aren't worth discussing. No, please, please, <laughs> please don't. <laughs> but anyway, enough excuses. Um, excuses. We are the podcast that goes snicked, and we're the pregnant podcast that goes snicked. True, that is well another another reason that we're a little, you know, it's hard to keep someone up past nine o'clock at night anymore. I'm sorry when you're growing a small child <laughs> in your right? womb. Hey, I didn't say it was unwarranted. I was just commenting that you know. No, it's our, very frustrating. Our sleep cycles are very different right now. <laughs> There are times where I'm like, man, I'm totally going to stay up till 10. And then at 8 o'clock, I'm like. Right. Yeah. You blame the little person inside. Yeah. The yeah. little parasite. Oh, wow. I wasn't going to go there. <laughs> well, no. Okay. So I have to share this story. <laughs> yes. About the episode of the X-Files with the yeah. parasite baby. Yeah. No. So when I was pregnant with Ethan, I um I got really, really sick. Like, extremely sick could not keep food down could not keep vitamins down and literally this went on for about three days it was right after thanksgiving and um i got really concerned because i dropped something like eight pounds in the matter of gosh four days like yeah so i called my doctor and i said look I, I'm really concerned. First pregnancy. So, of course, you know, every time something happens, you're just like, what's going on? And I, I left a message for the doctor and said, hey, I got sick. Couldn't keep food down. lost eight pounds. I just want to make sure I don't need to come in or I need to be doing something. And this, <laughs> and she still works there. Sweet little nurse calls me up and goes, honey, you're fine. And I said, are you sure? I can't even keep my prenatal vitamins down. I go, how is the baby getting any nutrients if I'm not eating and they're they're not getting my vitamin? And she goes, let's look at it this way. That little baby is a parasite. (laughs) It's going to feed off of you with whatever it needs. It will steal protein from your bone and on and on. Okay. And so I had to giggle to myself because when you think about it, that is what a fetus does. It takes your blood, whatever you have, and <laughs> takes what it needs. Mm-hmm. In fact, the baby will actually take food nutrients before you do. Did you know that? I don't know. <laughs> no. Do I need to know that? <laughs> anyway, I thought it was interesting. Yeah. <laughs> so in theory, the the baby really is a parasite, but in a beautiful kind of way right, in a cute way it's a cute <laughs> parasite right it doesn't yeah. come charging well, out of my belly well. and brah. <laughs> <laughs> not this time well, it hasn't yet we'll see what this one does yeah all right well anyway we have some uh, wolverine news to get to but i'm gonna gonna take a quick time out here all right time out over I had to check something on the technical side but it seems like it's working okay so um yeah wolverine news um so we're going to cover, when we get to it, two issues of All-New Wolverine on this episode. But the second one does start the uh, the Cat Lady Wolverine story, uh, Cat Lady Laura story. 
And that is going to be the last story of All New Wolverine. What? Yeah, All New Wolverine will be coming to a close. What? Yeah. Um, Please well, tell me she's getting a different book all to herself. They're just not calling it All New Wolverine. Yeah, so she will be um, reverting... Uh, Demoted, however you want to say it, back to X-23. Yeah. um, So you will still see Laura, um, I'm guessing, eventually as X-23, and X-Men Red with Tom Taylor, who writes All New Wolverine. Um, And I think Gabby, as Honey Badger, will still be in that book. Um, The new X-23 book, uh, which will coincide with Logan's return to Wolverine, We'll have a good creative team. It'll be written by Mariko Tamaki, who um, wrote the last kind of run through of She Hulk, um, and then which was really good. And then um, Juan Cabal, who has done the all new Wolverine art for the last couple of arcs, will be the regular artist. So it's a good creative team. It's just kind of a bummer that. I mean, it makes sense. I knew it was going to happen. I was kind of hoping it no, wouldn't. No, it doesn't make sense. Well, I was... It doesn't make sense from a story standpoint. I'm sure they'll find some way to make it work. But I see where it makes sense from marketing. If you're going to bring Logan back, you're going to make him Wolverine because that's what people want. But in the same token, while I knew what happened eventually, I was hoping it would be a longer process and I was you know as I've said many times on the podcast I don't want to beat a dead horse but I was really hoping that we would get some time with them together okay but uh, and, and Logan's book would just be like Logan to take place of old man Logan right and Laura would stay Wolverine and then eventually maybe there might be some kind of switcheroo but the fact that it's happening pretty much right away is, is a little disappointing to me but but it's a great creative team so I'm hoping it'll still be a great book and just wish it wasn't as X-23. Doesn't Marvel have male and female characters that have the same name? Uh, Like Captain Marvel? Well, yeah, but the old Captain Marvel is dead. So so Carol is the one, and uh, well, for now, <laughs> the one true Captain Marvel. I don't, I don't know. I think we could have had two Wolverines, and it wouldn't have been confusing. I mean, you have a woman on one cover and a man on another cover. It's obvious. I don't know. I just, I don't get it. I don't How even would I get file it. my comics in my long box? Lady Wolverine and Wolverine. <laughs> Logan then, Wolverine and Lady Wolverine. Or Laura Wolverine and Logan Wolverine. Yeah, Laura and Logan, I think, can maybe make sense. I, I don't like Lady Wolverine. That, well, no, I'm that just... smacks too much of second class. I'm sorry. I was just trying no, to... No, no, I know. I get you. I just... this It's kind of the, the Hulk, She-Hulk problem, right? Like, now there's enough kind of history and legacy that She-Hulk's cool, but I think if you were to have a new character called She-Hulk right now, I'd be like, why is it she just the Hulk? Right. But... I don't... I... Yeah, I don't get it. I don't even get it from a marketing standpoint. I really don't. Because she's such a powerful character that to to mote her to X-23 just negates everything that she's sort of gone through in this last year. And that's the part that I struggle with is that she has rightfully kind of claimed the title, right? Right. And 
and through great stories and great character development has become and has been for a while now Wolverine right. and and you know very deservedly so and so to suddenly kind of say well and and to be clear I'm I'm kind of sarcastically meanly using the word demotion I'm sure if you were to ask anybody at Marvel that's not how they consider this it's so just So you're more on the pulse of the Twitter threads what are other people are they like in I think line it's with pretty us split. it's pretty split that i've seen okay there's some people that are pretty frustrated um i think for the most part most of the reaction to the creative team has been positive so seeing tamaki write laura and cabal go back to drawing her is has been mostly well received it's just why can't it be you Wolverine. know Wolverine is the next 23 um you know, as far as the other, pro- I, I think a lot of people kind of, and I kind of split the middle, right? Because I am excited that Logan's coming back. But like I said, I just had kind of wished there had at least been a year or so of them being together. You know, yeah. And, and just letting Logan be Logan. I, and I know that that, the Marvel maybe feels like if they do that, they're throwing a chance to sell a Logan Wolverine comic away. Like I, I get that. I guess that's the marketing part I get. They feel like, well, yeah, we could do just Logan, but how many more is it going to sell of his Wolverine and his old costume and, you know, the nostalgia of, of, of yesteryear? I don't know. Maybe I'm, I'm jaded by the whole marketing <laughs> advertising life. I, if I had been in that meeting, I would have said, um, what the hell? Right. Because. Yeah, it is a valid point. I, I think there's an avenue that hasn't been pursued that from a reader standpoint, I would love to see pursued. And that is the whole Logan kind of, like you said, slowly getting back into things and maybe rediscovering himself. He's been gone for a year. So right. imagine if well, you slept yeah. for a year. Right. You know, so much changes in a year. And I, I look at that with Ethan, you know, in a year, he grows <laughs> 10 inches. Inch, yeah, right. <laughs> you know, but it's that whole like rediscovery process that I've, I'm going to be a little peeved if they kind of gloss over that. Yeah, I I'm trusting Tamaki not to. I mean, I know the the name kind of goes backwards. I'm trusting that the character doesn't go back. So if the character goes backwards, and I'm forget everything I said, I'm super pissed. Right. Because what I don't want to see, and, and in fact, I saw uh, Dan and Georgie uh, tweeted about the the new logo being kind of a uh, almost a '90s callback. You know, it's X-23, like a big splatter of blood behind it. I think it looks okay, but I can see the concern because Laura has moved so much past that I'm just a violent anti-hero and actually being like just a straight-up badass hero. Right. Right, with very heroic character, very noble, and in a lot of ways has kind of gone in a different direction than Logan ever went, which I think is really cool. And... If she goes backwards from that, I will not be happy at all. Um, well, and... Because I don't want to see her growth ungrowed or undone. Right. Well, there's her 
growth that we don't want to see undone. But then there's this whole aspect of, you know, okay, let's look at it from this standpoint. She's a woman. Okay. So not that female heroes, there's nothing new about that, but she is a female hero who's taken on, granted, it's a clone of herself, but it's like a tween kid, you know? So she, in essence, like became the really older sister who's, you know, adopted her younger sister or that, you know, mom situation. So not only is she caring for a child and she makes very motherly decisions for Gabby, like, no, you're not going to do this, you know, because I'm, I'm looking out for you. But then you throw in the fact that she's dated she has broken up relationships because she knew they were unhealthy or because she knew that she couldn't handle them at that moment in time. And so she is a true adult. And I guess that's something I feel like a lot of comics miss. You know, it's like, no offense to, uh, oh, now I can't remember her name. Vampire chick. Vampire chick. X-Men. Jubilee? Jubilee. Mm-hmm. I've never believed her as a mom. Uh, I'm actually kind of enjoyed that aspect of her character. Well, and it may just kind be the... Kind of the whole figuring it out. Right. But, I, and maybe it, she does, does she have a book of her own that you've been oh, reading? No, oh, okay. No. She's She's been a supporting up. character in different books. Okay. And maybe that's why I couldn't get behind her, because I just don't read the other books, so I, right. I don't... I don't get that part. But then here's Laura who has her own book and we see her struggle with relationships and motherhood or sisterhood and even that struggle of am I a mom or am I an older sister? You know, and I've just, I've really enjoyed it. And then, you know, her job of taking care of the world. (laughs) You know, it's just to see all of that go away and revert back to her, I'm going to go berserk and slash anything in front of me. Well, yeah, that's what I'm hoping doesn't happen. Okay, I'm going to get off my soapbox. No, I I think it's a valid concern, and I think the the only kind of... The thing that gives me the most peace about it is is looking at the way Tamaki wrote uh, She-Hulk and dealt with that character. I has built some trust with me. I know you haven't read that book and aren't familiar with her writing at all, but has built some trust that she knows how to handle, you know, a, a strong female character who's kind of trying to find her way against her nature and which is right, a similar essence to what Laura's going has gone through. So right. so so she's built some trust that she knows how to to write those characters and write them well. And obviously Juan Cabal has shown that he's you know, a fantastic artist with Laura already. So I'm just kind of going to wait and see what their book looks like. You know, still wish it wasn't X-23, but, you know, if it's a good book, I'll still enjoy it. And, you know, we'll, we'll talk about it when it comes out and see what we think. But um, I'll completely bash it. <laughs> you got to give it a fair shake. No, I will. I will. I just know there's people out there that are going to be like, Denise hates it already. <laughs> Yeah. All right. Well, so that's our Wolverine news. Um, I'm sure you've heard other people talk about multiple times by now, but 
hey, better late than never, right? So, um, and to be fair, I do want to iterate. My concerns about Laura do not negate the fact that I'm excited that Logan's coming back. Yeah. I just I just wish there was a different balance to it right out of the gate. That's yeah. all I'm saying. I feel like <laughs> I feel like he's the friend you invite to your engagement party and he's like, Hey, guess what? <laughs> My news is better than your news. <laughs> You're gonna steal your thunder. Yeah. He's still so he's still in Laura's Thunder. Is that what that basically was going yeah. on? Yeah. Okay. Thunder Stealer. Thunder Stealer. Well, speaking of Wolverine's return, we have our last two Where's Wolverine that we'll cover real fast before we get to all new Wolverine. Um excuse me. The first one is in Incredible Hulk number seven fourteen, which is the beginning of World War Hulk two. This is written by Greg Pak, penciled by Carlo Barbary, inked by Walden Wong, and then the Where's Wolverine page is by Ryan Stegman. Colors by Frank DiMarno, letters by VC's Corey Pettit. And the cover by Mike Diodato Jr. and Maury Hollowell, which is kind of a homage to an old David Finch cover from the original World War Hulk. That's hard for me to say. World War Hulk. Um... But instead of obviously Bruce Hulk, it's Amadeus Hulk, and he's he's stepping on a world and being all mad. But I think it's a pretty cool cover. What do you think of the cover? Hulk mad. Hulk get mad. Hulk get strong. Hulk ah! smash. Hulk smash. Yeah. So anyway, um, Hulk is coming back from Antarctica. His... Why is he dressed in winter clothes? Well, that's his barbaric uniform. He's coming back from space. Him and Thor are back. And he talks with his sister. He's Hulk all the time now, which he's concerned about. But he's smart Hulk. He's really, you know, he's in control, seems to be. But we find out that the Hulk persona is actually in control. You know, Amadeus has kind of had this whole symbolism of, like, this, the the old car, right? And one's driving, one's in the trunk. And right now, Amadeus has walked in the trunk. Anyway, some old bad guy that I don't remember came back and Hulk beats him up and says, All right, everybody, this is what happens when you fight the Hulk. So watch out. And people get concerned, um, especially his friends on the Champions and the Black Panther and his sister. And that's when we see Amadeus in the trunk going, No! And then also Logan's in the crowd. He sees Hulk on the Jumbotron making his declaration. And he's like, Kid's fooling himself. He's losing it. No way this ends well. And then walks away without doing anything about it. Because <laughs> that's kind of how these Where's Wolverine stories go. Um, <laughs> but of course, Ryan Stegman, this fantastic art. Uh, the close up on Hulk on the Jumbotron looks great. Um, anyway, I've been enjoying Pac's uh, Incredible Hulk, and this story was pretty good. Um, Barbary's art is pretty good. Um, he's really killing it on uh, the current arc on Super Sons right now. Just FYI. Um, this story's pretty good. Um, what do you think of the Where's Wolverine page? I, I, I'm rather disliking these pages where Wolverine makes some <laughs> smart aleck comment. snide comment yeah. and then is like, hasta la vista, baby. Yeah, it's kind of weird. I think they're trying to show that he's like wandering around, but it does seem like, well, shouldn't he maybe do something? I don't know. 
I feel like it's more like where in the world is Carmen Sandiego? <laughs> <laughs> a, little bit. a little bit. Where in the world is Wolverine? <laughs> yeah. So, um, anyway, I guess overall I would give Incredible Hulk 714 a very solid four out of six claws. So the last one we have is the Invincible Iron Man number 598, which is smack dab in the middle of the search for Tony Stark. Um, this is written by Brian Michael Bendis as he reaches towards the end of his Marvel career. Um, art by Stefano Caselli and Alex Maleev. Colors by Marte Gracia and Alex Maleev. Letters by VCs Clayton Cowles. The cover by Alex Maleev has an old school Iron Man mask and the infamous Iron Man Doctor Doom mask kind of laying on a, I don't know, a stone table or something. It's a pretty cool looking cover. Yeah. So anyway, basically... Um, Riri and the Iron Team go on a wild goose chase to find Tony Stark, but then his, he leaves a message saying he doesn't want to be found. The Hood and other criminals surround Iron Man Doctor Doom, but he gets away and goes to find his baby mama. That's pretty much it, really. Um, then at the end, we go to MIT. And Where lo- in the world <laughs> is Wolverine? And he shows up at uh, Riri's lab for some reason and and reads the little dot matrix printer paper that's coming out there. It's looks at the life, life signs of Tony Stark and says, see you soon, Tony, and walks off. There seems to be no connected tissue to these at all. That would no. be kind of my only complaint. Uh, I'm sorry. I know we've, I've been enjoying them. There, there's... The Captain America one I really enjoyed. It kind of made sense. Um, Now, I've decided this is what they do, okay, when they're about to write these. They have mason jars. The first one is location. They pulled it out. Second one is... Location ties into the stories of the comics he's in. Okay. Or at the end of... Second one is, who are they looking for? And the third (laughs) one... Third one's the random, like... When your kids are bored and they go, I'm bored, what can I do? And you shake the jar and you go, pull. And it's the chore jar. Yeah. And it's something random out of that. And it's like, Wolverine at MIT with Tony Stark and a dot matrix printer. (laughs) Yeah. But, yeah, like I said, really enjoyed the Captain America one and the Black Panther one and the Marvel 2 and 1 one. Those are probably my three favorites, but... Yeah, I mean, uh, either that or they have a magic eight ball. What will <laughs> what will Wolverine Where is do? Wolverine? Maybe. Answer not yet determined. Right. Yeah. So anyway, uh, the art in this book, of course, is really good. And the story is pretty good too. As we're searching for Tony Stark and wrapping up, what I'm assuming wrapping up Doctor Doom's tenure as Iron Man. Um, I would also give Iron Man number five ninety eight a very strong four out of six claws. All right, so that takes us to all new Wolverine. Woohoo! We're going to start off with number 32, which is, of course, written by Tom Taylor, art by Digital Morissette Fawn, colors by Nolan Woodard, letters by VCs Corey Pettit. Woohoo! And the cover by David Lopez. And I'm going to go ahead and say, for me, possible cover of the year. Mm. Oh, she doesn't like it as much. So it's basically it's uh, Wolverine hunched on a barrel. 
of Orphan X. And pulling off her mask. Pulling off her mask, very angry, red eyes. Really love the color work of the background. I just think it's a very striking image. It is. I just don't know if I like it as much to say a cover, that it's a nominee. Okay. Oh, well, we'll see you when we get to the end of the year. Okay. But um, I think, I think I mean, it's been my Twitter, um, what you would call it? Avatar. Avatar for, for a while now. So um, if you follow us on Twitter, you've seen it. And if not, go look it up. It's a really cool cover. Really, really cool cover work by, I guess it just says it's by David Lopez. So I guess he did the colors too. But um, yeah, pretty cool. All right, so basically we're kind of having a post- uh, epilogue of our Orphans of X story. What kind of happens here? What's kind of the the quick gist of this issue? So you kind of follow two people's lives in the beginning, a young little girl and Laura, and they both wake up in the morning and they both have completely separate mornings. One's having breakfast with her dad and Laura's being told she will do nicely. Um, but both are kind of starting fresh. Dad's starting a new job, little girl starting a new school, and Laura is doing a mission to basically have people bet or um, bid on her. Right. She's pro- like exhibiting her assassination skills. Right. So she's meeting with a congressman. I really love this snicked with the camera flash. Yeah. It's really cool. Camera goes off and she just goes berserk. She kills. The congressman, she kills all of his secret service, and unfortunately, one of the secret service was this little girl's dad. Right, and of course, she becomes an orphan of X later. Right, um, and then you name's s- Amber. Yeah, so then you see Laura knock on Amber's door and says, "I have the information you're looking for," um, and you find out that Laura has promised each orphan of X that she will help them find the person that made her, meaning Laura. Uh, kill their whoever whoever yeah. parents whatever. that made them an orphan um, so she's told amber hey so i know i killed your dad because they wanted me to kill a congressman but when i did some digging it's actually this guy what is his name um vanitou uh, something like that Oh, no, the guy's name is Newman. He went Newman. to Bannon, too. Yeah. Um, and so he's fled the country that doesn't have extradition. So Laura's going to bring him back so that he can be tried. And so the girl's like, okay, well, I'm coming with, but I can't promise that I'm not going to kill him. And Laura's like, eh, I need you to not kill him, but you can bring some Nazi stomping boots and you can kick him. <laughs> <laughs> so they agree to, let's do it. Yep. So they go to Vanadu. Laura pulls, pulls out this bright Hawaiian shirt. and I kind of love this because the girl makes fun of her really big suitcase. And Laura goes, oh, it holds everything that I need. <laughs> and she says, I'm going to get our plans together. You know, you get ready. So Amber goes down to the lobby to get her little mango drink that has a an umbrella and a mermaid in it. Yeah. And Unfortunately, these, they get made. Yeah. So these these guards come down and say amber so-and-so does it say her name uh oh amber Amber griffin griffin mm-hmm. you're coming with us and she's like i have a drink and it has an umbrella and a mermaid i'm not going anywhere so they're like nope you have to come with us 
She smashes the glass on their face. There's a ruckus. They pull out a gun, say, you're coming with us. She's like, fine. Laura shows up later, says, where's my friend? The guy's like, I have no idea who your friend is. She's like, well, before you just lie to me, it would help if I said her name or said what she looked like. So Laura sniffs her out, finds her, breaks through the wall. Uh, Newman threatens to shoot people below because they're just on a wooden deck. So Laura says, nope, you got it. I'm different. And he goes, ah, you're weak. She goes, no, I'm not weak. I'm better. And so um, little do we know, though, that these bright Hawaiian shirts that the girls are wearing, they're electrified. Yeah. So when he goes to touch Amber, he gets electrocuted. Laura goes crazy. We get a couple of snicks, but I thought it was interesting because she's in flip-flops, no foot snicked. Oh. Not for sure with the flip-flops we'd have a... A foot snack? Yeah. Maybe because she knows it wigs people out? <laughs> yeah. They were keeping Dan in mind. Yeah. Yep. So um, they're like, what are we going to do with him? And Laura goes, oh, you know that big suitcase? <laughs> <laughs> it fits all my clothes and one folded up human. Yeah. So she shoves him on a boat and they're going to meet him or meet someone for a drop off. And... Laura looks back, and Amber's putting, pulling out some boots. She goes, oh, you took the whole Nazi stomping boots seriously. She's like, yeah. They kind of have a moment because Laura, um, Amber says, you know what? I brought these for me, but he ruined both our childhoods. So can you kick with your right foot? And I actually really like how this book ends because they unzip the, the suitcase, and he looks up, and instead of seeing a grown-up... Wolverine and a grown up Amber, you see the two little girls yeah. from the beginning of the book. Mm-hmm. And then you see their, they the each got scene a foot. Is the boot about to crash down on his face from yeah. his perspective? It's, it's really cool. Yeah, I really like how it ends. Yeah. So, what do you think of the art in this one? I liked it. I really enjoyed it too. And more a set fan, um, you know, I think we previously liked some of his art, but kind of, I know. And I joked about with Andrew, everyone had a cold and drew a lot of cross-hatching on the nose. Yeah. And that wasn't in this issue. So yeah. So I was, I was happy to see that just kind of he just kind of drew and no one no one needed to, to pack a box of Kleenex in their giant suitcase. Right. Um, so I really enjoyed the art. I enjoyed the colors. Um, and I thought it was kind of a typical, like, just revenge story. Right. But Taylor's just such a good writer. And the way that he does the parallel of the lives at the beginning of the story. Yeah. Then it kind of goes into the vacation revenge thing and then ends it, like you said, yeah. with... He ties it not back. The, not the adults stomping their face, but the little kids not getting their right. revenge to a degree. It's just, I don't know, it just it flows so brilliantly. Um, well, and I don't think it would be the same if it was just the girls, like the grown-up girls. Right. If it had just been an image of the grown-up girls, I don't think it would have the same impact. It'd still be fun, but right, it wouldn't be as emotive. I don't. Yeah. Think. All right. Well, cool. When are you going to grade Wolver- all new Wolverine number thirty-two? I'm going to give it five out of six. Yeah, me too. Me too. It's very, very good. Really enjoyed it. Um. With that said, we're going to start our last story. Ugh. And I have to apologize if I sound like I'm constantly um. 
like taking a deep breath. It's because the baby's squeezing her. Yeah. On the inside. The baby's pushing on my lungs. Yeah. <laughs> so this is all new Wolverine number 33. Uh, old Woman Laura part one. <laughs> Awful name. Well, like I said, it spells owl like the bird. <laughs> She's not even an owl. Well, I know. Or, but her persona. <laughs> I don't know why you're so hung up on that. Well, because when I wrote out the initials earlier, it just made me laugh. <laughs> Too bad it wasn't LOL. Because I'm easily entertained. That's why. I'm <laughs> <laughs> not as good as you, apparently. <laughs> I, no, I just think the first time you told me your band name and I was doing artwork uh, for it. Yes, at the time I was in a band called Lions on the Lawn. And, and if I, you take out the V, it's LOL. Well, and I put client codes on all of my work. And so I shorten it with the first letter, obviously, of the client's company name. Right. And so when I was working on his client code, I was like, huh, his client code's LOL. Yeah, she had a really great logo for the band. Too bad the band doesn't exist anymore. Yeah, I'm probably missing the logo more than I miss anything else. (laughs) Just kidding. It was a a great band. But, you know, people get old and have kids, and what are you going to do? Yeah. Um, anyway, this is, of course is uh, written by Tom Taylor, art by Ramon Rosanis, colors by Nolan Woodard, letters by VCs Corey Pettit. Woohoo! And the cover by David Lopez again. And here we have future Gabby Tron with the laser claws. Yeah. You don't like it? Well, first I thought it was Laura. Okay. So I was really confused. But only one claw. Yeah, but I guess because they were like laser claws. I don't know. It just, it threw me. I was like, what is going on? Why does Laura have this weird Tron <laughs> Jordy from Star Trek looking visor thing going right. on? You know, it's a future because there's ships flying in the air. Um, and there's birds everywhere. Can I say my favorite part of the cover is the parrots? Why is there a giant floating T? I don't know. Is it a T or is it a, just a Tetris block? Oh. I can't tell because the bird's covering up the other side, so I'm not sure. I think it's supposed to be a stoplight. Yeah, that's what I'm guessing too because there's like a red. And well, and there's a pole. Oh, so maybe it's not floating. Okay, interesting. But then why is there a giant branch hanging out? And why is the the stoplight's so far, like two hundred feet for the above ships. That's why. Oh, it's like two hundred feet above the ground. Yeah. All right. Well, so we go to the future, but the not so far future in Madripoor, and there's some guys doing some drug shipments. But Wolverine shows up and gets a whole blasted in her tummy. We see through it. Um, but of course, she breaks out her laser claws. See, and I think that's what threw me off too. It says they said it's freaking Wolverine. Yeah, but we—I would have expected Honey Badger. Oh, but she's graduated. Okay. And, and but see, but then when you talk about graduation, that's when going back to old names feels like a demotion. Right. <laughs> so they take away her diploma. Yeah, I don't know. Um. Anyway, it's a stark vibranium Wakandan gun. Obviously illegal in Madripoor. Wolverine's not too happy. We get a full-page splash of laser claws with a snick. Don't like it. Uh, I like it. 
I like the suit better than the cover with the thinner fins. All right. All I see is me. an emoji. <laughs> Her little buttons and like the cross. Faces. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, anyway, she takes them out, busts up the fight, goes home. We find out that Laura is old and dying, and that Gabby has carved a Wolverine W in the back of her hairdo. Yeah. Oh, and Wolverine is also the queen of Magipore. But the Pelicans made it. No sign in Jonathan, or does he show up? I, no, I Well, a weird wall thing shows up. Yeah, and hol- like a hologram. Yeah. So they're eating Chinese food. Laura breaks the news that she's, she's dying. dying. She's got a degenerative cellular thing, but she's done the research, and Gabby and her family did not get it passed on. So obviously Gabby's concerned. I also love when Laura, scene. There, there's one scene where Laura says, how are the kids? And Cammy goes, remember that time where um, Thanos stepped on me and I was a giant puddle? <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's a whole lot easier than raising kids. <laughs> that's funny. And I had to giggle because we've all had those days. Right. But of course, uh, Laura says, well, naming them Logan and Wade was asking for trouble. Yeah. yeah that was funny. So anyway, there's, uh, they, they kind of cry it out. They look at, out the tower at Madripoor and talk about all the good she's done. But there's something else she still needs to do. They finally want, all these years later, want to find baloney. <laughs> but I don't under, I kept, first off, this page that has the little, like, Jonathan Wall decal. I don't think it's a detail. I think it's like a picture or a hologram. Yeah, I, for, I kept going, what? What are they trying to tell us? Then Jonathan's safe and has a family, so you don't have to ask Tom Taylor and tweet at him and say, what happened to Jonathan in the future? He died of old age. Where's <laughs> <laughs> the not-so-distant future? Anyway, and what has, what set Twitter afire? Um, the future president is Kamala Khan, Miss Marvel, which I thought was pretty cool um, for lots of different reasons. Um Hopefully someday we can be open-minded enough to at least consider those things. Um, but Laura goes in her new costume, which is red and gray. I actually liked it. Yeah, it's pretty cool. And says she's going to go to Beria, which is the only place that's still, I guess, kind of isolated or whatever. And um, she's not really asking for permission, but she's letting the president know. Um, they're looking for a prisoner that got away during the Doom World War. We get a double-page splash of different heroes having some trouble. Um, really cool picture of, of Honey Badger about to fight the wizard. Um, Jean Grey getting punched in the stomach by uh, Dr. Doom. I'm okay with that. Captain, <laughs> <laughs> Captain Marvel, of all things, punching out Vulture. Seems like she could spin her power on something else, maybe. But, um... Anyway, it's a nice little double page splash page. Um, and yeah, so we find out that, you know, the shield helicarrier just disappeared. And so Laura feels like Baloney might be with Varia, so she's going to go try to save her and kill Doom. And oh, by the way, your your Secret Service is about to realize I broke in. <laughs> and of course they do. And they go get the prisoners from Madripoor. Maria Hill um, comes along 
They're going to torture the prisoner. They find a way into Latveria through this sewage tunnel, but... It's always through the sewage tunnel. Right? Yeah, because there's this big like laser dome around them with Polly Shore inside. Biodome! Poop must leave the building. <laughs> <laughs> right. But in the twist, we see some green fist heading for them at super speed. And it appears that Gabby has sold the team out. <gasps> Gabby. So we'll see what her motivations are. Whatever. Who do you think the green fist is? You know, it would make sense since it's Laveria to be Doom, but it almost looks like, like a green superheat. Like there's no metal or anything involved. So I don't know. I mean, it's just a fist, but it's hard to Do you to think say. it's Angel? No, but it could be. I also think it's funny. There's only one. So is there right. like... <laughs> well, he's doing, he's, he's doing the old Superman thing with one arm behind him. <sighs> da, 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 da. Are we showing the other hand give away who it is? Maybe. I don't know. But, all right. Well, Dan was very excited to see what we thought about this book. So don't let him down, Denise. <laughs> The pressure's on. <laughs> pressure's on. So what do you think of the art? Um, I like the art. It was much better. I you know, I kind of, speaking of Dan, when we talked about his issue of Astonishing X-Men with Dan and Georgie, I was kind of down on his art a little bit. And they both told me he had and could do better. And this is better. So they were right. <laughs> um, that was pretty decent. What do you think of the story? Hmm. Okay, I'm trying to keep an open mind mm -hmm. because this is the first time we've seen Laura flash, flash forward into the future. Yeah, her, it's her first alternate. Well, probably not ever, but in this volume, her right. first alternate future story. So. And it's a good future where the heroes won for the most yeah. part. So it's very different from Old Man Logan where the villains win. So here's where I struggle. Yeah. Okay. Laura says, there's one person I have to kill and there's one person I have to save. So she has to save Baloney and she mm -hmm. has to kill Doom. But my question is, and maybe they'll answer it later, why in all of our all new Wolverine books... Laura has never had bloodlust unless there is a true reason. Right. She likes to bring people to justice. We've never really seen her, I have to kill this person. So what's changed? Like, well, uh, I mean, Ju besides that she's dying and this is the two things right. on her bucket list. Yeah, and Julian, one of her closest friends sometimes more, was killed during the Doom War. We don't see exactly how he was killed. But we do see in that double page spread that she's holding his body and she talks about how he died. Um, so maybe there's some lingering effect from that. Maybe she feels like Doom did something to Baloney um, besides making a sandwich. Um, well, now in one picture, Baloney looks like she's got spikes. Yeah, I thought that was weird too. I wasn't really sure what to make of that. Um, when they talk about her being a prisoner in. Um, the shield helicarrier, and that she was released by Doom but didn't cooperate, and so maybe that, that's why she feels Doom still has her prisoner, maybe. 
Um, but yeah, I don't know. I, I think there's definitely more to be revealed in this story, but I thought it was an intriguing opening chapter. It is intriguing. I'm not I'm not a big fan of Gabby's costume, and I'm not okay. a big fan of Gabby's hairdo. No, it's kind of weird in a I, almost an eighties apocalypse story kind yeah, of. Yeah, I don't, I don't mind Gabby having short hair. I think it's the weird W <laughs> cut right. in the back of her head. But it kind of fits her though, right? She became Wolverine. She's like, oh, Laura, look what I did. I'm Wolverine now. I did this really cool W in my head. Isn't it rad? And Laura's kind of like, eh. yeah. like, no, but it is. I talked to Deadpool. He loved it. Yeah, but does she wax it or does she have to? <laughs> <laughs> like those are the things that cross through well, my mind. If she cut it with her laser claw, it would stay gone for a while, right? Yeah. And why does she have a laser claw? Well, okay, so that does she was. Just, does she just have some kind of extra laser on top of her regular claw? Well, okay, so that was my question. Is because I, I know she has bone claws. And at, at, in current day, yeah. Right. So I'm wondering if something happened. Ah. And so the suit synthesizes a claw. Right. Because maybe that, like, you know, Wolverine broke off his claw. Right. Or his adamantium claw and the bone claw grew back. Like, did something happen and her blo- bone claws don't? You almost had baloney claw, didn't you? <laughs> I did. I want a baloney claw. Schluck. <laughs> That's the sound I make. And I just, I just eat it off and then grow back. Does it come with a little red um, casing? No, I don't like that kind of baloney. <laughs> anyway, let's get back to it. Um, I'm not a big fan of Gabby's outfit, possibly just because it does look like a throwback to Tron. It does, but there's been several Marvel future stories that have all the white stuff. But, but you know what? Okay, covering up her face... And looking at the costume without the cowl, I actually really like it. It's just that one visor. Well, but that's why I said, though, I like the, the cowl better in the issue than I do. Yeah, it kind of looks like a cat on the cover. Yeah. And this is almost more like kind of future night looking. Yeah. In the actual comic by Rosanna's. I think Lopez makes, it too, makes the helmet too chunky. Yeah. Yeah, it's but even still, it does kind of look like '80s Catwoman, like yeah. Um, oh, like when Tim Sale drew Catwoman a little bit. Yeah, that means I just nothing to you, but yeah. <laughs> to other people it might. Anyway, I, I can't, I can't get behind Gabby's costume right now, and I think part of it's because the book confused me because I thought we were looking at Wolverine and then we weren't looking at Wolverine. But they ah uh, the classic misdirection. Yeah, so that threw me off because then I'm like, who the hell is this? <laughs> um, and then when I realized it was Gabby, it was like, oh, this is not how I envisioned Gabby older. I don't know how I envisioned Gabby older, but it wasn't that. So that was a little. It wasn't confusing. It was just that's an interesting take on it. Um, and then right as I'm getting unconfused with that, then they throw this whole, I have two things on my bucket list. <laughs> and it's like, this doesn't seem like Laura. But then her breaking into the White House does. Right. So there was yeah, a lot how, of. 
Madam, Madam President, she's like, you could have made an appointment. Right. Like, you <laughs> are the queen of, of Madripoor. Right. Um, and I like how Laura's like, I got to keep your secret service on their toes. Right. Um, so that all seemed very much Laura-esque. So I, 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 I just think it's weird. And maybe when another book comes out, it'll help get it back on track. But right now, I just kind of feel like we didn't have Laura. We had this weird version of Laura, but then we have Laura. So what the freak is going on? And then Gabby's selling Laura out. Or is she? Uh, That's to be seen, right? Right. Very interesting. I'm I'm very interested to see how that plays out. Well, and Gabby apologizes. So she she obviously called her out to somebody, whether it's good or bad. Right. And what was the reason? Did someone promise to heal Laura? Right. No? I mean, so, I don't know. We'll see. But maybe, maybe Baloney doesn't want to be found and Gabby knows. I mean, there's, I I think the cool thing about that is until we get to the next issue, like in the space between, like infinite possibilities on what Taylor could do. Right. And Taylor's the kind of writer that any of them could be viable. (laughs) Right. So, that part's cool. Um, all right, well, then what are you going to grade all new Wolverine number 33? I'm going to hold a number under the table and then show it to you, see if I'm right. <laughs> I'm going to give it three out of six. Oh, I was wrong. Oh. I thought you were going to do four. No, I'm giving it a three just because the idea of old man or old. <laughs> old man Laura? Mm-hmm. Old woman Laura. Yeah, I, I can't. I can't. I'm either. not. Ex- I will say I'm not excited about ending on an alternate future story. No, it's. it's but you know, I did my enjoy French, it. Though. It's shitty. <laughs> um. No, I don't like ending that way, and I don't. But maybe at the end, it comes back and plays into a modern day parallel. We'll see. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I just, I, I guess because I, I already went in going, oh, oh dude. Because they're calling her old woman Laura. <laughs> does not flow off the tongue. I no, it doesn't. definitely will give you that. Like, I'd love to sit in on that market or that. <laughs> they're, they're only doing it to mat, like, to parallel old man Logan. Yeah, I and I, I want to I meet the person who went, that is a brilliant idea, so I can smack him upside the head and go, can we have a creative session <laughs> On this to come up with something way better because this is a five minute idea. But, but it's like calling it Fruitios instead of Fruit Loops. <laughs> you just kind of take it and then change it a little bit. All right. Well, so I'm going to apologize to Dan and the rest of our fans. I don't think I liked it quite as much as he did, but I didn't like it more than you did. Um, Oh, did Dan really love it? Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, you're super oh, I'm excited. sorry, Dan. No, it's fine. I, I each their own. smushed your, <laughs> if I smushed your heart, I'm sorry. I think there's a lot to like here. Did Georgie I, like it? I'm not sure. Okay. Georgie, did you like it? We'll talk about it in a couple of days. Um, but, I, I feel like know. Georgie's mad at me because I won't give Jean Grey a chance. <laughs> well, he, he wasn't either until Red came out and now we all kind of like, oh yeah. <laughs> but um, I, mean, I really went back and forth between a four and a five. Um, yeah, I really went back and forth between a three and a three. 
Well, that's good that you landed on the three then. Um, <laughs> I landed on a soft three. I think there's a lot to like here. Um, future stories are not always necessarily my bag unless there's something really compelling. And I think there could be something really compelling coming in this story. I'm not sure if it's come yet. Besides, oh, I'm dying and I have a last mission. You know, well, so does everybody, right? Um, I don't know. I think I'm going to settle on just a very, very strong four out of six claws for all new Wolverine number 33. It could have swung towards a five, but... So she has this degenerative disease. Does that mean that Wolverine had it too? No, it's because something happened when they cloned her. Which is weird that Gabby doesn't. Since she's right. a clone of Laura and not actually of Logan. She's that step removed. Right. So, so think, does Baloney have... Well, maybe that's why she... Is Laura going to end up with porcupine spikes? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> no, I don't know. I mean, she obviously wouldn't have had time to test Baloney like she did Gabby. Well, that's but, the... Okay, so that's the other thing that bugs me. She's uh-huh. like, I'm dying, so I have to go save Baloney. And Gabby goes, we've already looked into this. Right. And Laura's Which like... Which is their way of saying, answering my question, why are we just now looking for her in the future? Right. Uh, it's kind of a, uh, a quick, oh, yeah, we've been looking this whole time. Nothing came up. Yeah, but now all of a sudden Laura's like, now I have intel. Like, yeah, because now it's time to tell the story. <laughs> I guess I looked at it as Laura was like, it's kind of like when Ethan, when we tell Ethan... Hey, you need to go find your brace for your foot. And he goes, he comes back like five minutes later. I looked and we're like, really? I can't find it. Did you look under your bed? Yeah. Are you sure? Yeah. And we go upstairs and we have to get on the floor and look. And it's like knocked to the center under his bed. And he goes, oh, I just didn't look there. <laughs> yeah. So, so you think uh, Bologna's under the bed? <laughs> okay. I think she, she she's under the doom bed. Yeah, they just walked in the room and went. She's not here. <laughs> Twenty years later, oh, found her. If we had only gotten on our hands and knees and looked under the bed <laughs> like my parents told me to. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, but we love you, Ethan. Anyway, oh yeah, definitely. And um, and I th- I think. I bet by the end I'm giving this story higher marks. Like I said, for an, for an opening Ooh, chapter. We're going to take bets? Yeah, we'll take bets. We'll see if this... I I think I just like Tom Taylor too much. For, I don't believe the story can stay where it's at. I bet I don't give it anything higher than a four. Okay. All right, bets are on. And with that, uh, we're going to... Let Denise go continue to grow the baby and take a break. Thank you. <laughs> All right, we'll be right back with more comics, including Old Woman Logan. Or Old Man Logan. <laughs> that was a terrible, terrible pun. I'm sorry. I'll think about what I did when I'm away taking a break. I'll punish him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And on that creepy note, see you in a minute. <laughs> All right, so next up, we're going to we're going to cover the entire three-part moving target story arc for Old Man Logan, 
because that's how far behind we got. <laughs> um, anyway, so uh, Denise is going to uh, skip this story and catch back up on the next one, you know, due, due to just being tired and pregnant and all the fun stuff that goes with that. But um, anyway, we're going to talk about Old Man Logan's number 36 through 38. And I hate to lump them together because even though it's one story, I have some pretty different opinions about some of these issues to a degree. Um, so we'll start off with number 36, written by Ed Brisson, art by Dalbor Talajic, colors by Carlos Lopez, letters by VCs Corey Pettit, woohoo, and covered by Mike Diodato Jr. and Carlos Lopez. Uh, not crazy about this cover. I like kind of the roughness of it. Um, we have Old Man Logan against an alley wall with a big spray-painted target. That part's kind of cool. Still not in love with Diodato's Old Man Logan. Um, I don't know. Something about him is just a little too caveman-y for my taste. But um, anyway, the alley's littered and stuck into the wall are some Ace of Spades playing cards. So that was pretty fun. And then we have the approaching shadow of a menacing figure with size. Now, like, size, like if I'm wanting it too wide, I would say test size. <laughs> Not of, no, it is a big shadow also, so it does have size, S-I-Z-E. But I'm talking about size, T-S-A-I-S. Um, in which the Marvel Universe, since the shadow doesn't have long hair, it's probably bullseye, plus some playing cards give it away. Plus the target on the wall. Um, could also be Electra. Was really kind of hoping to be Raphael from the Ninja Turtles. Because that's the fight I'd like to see. Old Man Logan and Raphael. But alas. It's not. So I do like the way this plays into current Daredevil continuity. We have Wilson Fisk as the mayor of New York City. Cracking down on vigilantes. Old Man Logan is back from Japan. He's annoyed at the state of affairs. Um, someone recognizes them and it's like this is going to get you um, then he goes to a bar uh, he asks for a Canadian beer in a bottle and the bartender's like we got some nice craft beer and he's like do I look like the kind of guy that drinks craft beer I think he would I think Logan would drink any beer but maybe that's just me because I like I'm a little bit of a beer connoisseur. I like, like it all. like the cheap stuff, the good stuff, whatever. On well, Anyway, to a degree. Um, so he's talking to this guy. This guy's talking to him. He wants him to leave him alone. But he has information that can ruin Wilson Fisk. Um, so old man Logan plays along. This guy's a flash drive and a messy apartment. Logan doesn't want to get involved, but of course he does. So he's going with the guy to, to drop the information off somewhere on a subway. He gets attacked by some of his men. The guy gets shot. Old man Logan pops his bone claws and gets caught on iPhone film. Um, getting shot, but taking these guys out, cutting them up. Um, even... Let's a guy get run over by a subway train, and people are none too happy about that. So he goes to a drugstore. <laughs> a nice scene of him going through the pharmacy, just bloody, dripping blood, making a mess, knocking racks over. Buys a bunch of medicine. Um, the girl's going to call the police, and he's like, hang up the phone now. And he remembers, he sees a book. 
about the, the biopic of Wilson Fisk and remembers the author that wrote it and is going to go take the disc, the flash drive to her, see what she can do. Because she knows Fisk, right? Fisk watches the video of Logan killing his men and says, oh, I can use this, I can spin it. Talks to Bullseye, who's throwing paper clips into the wall, um, <laughs> which Fisk admonishes him for and says, I want you to find Logan and get my drive back. All right? And like, no problem, fat man. And I'll kill Logan free of charge. And the art's pretty good. Um, story's a nice setup. Kind of gets gets off to a slow build, but you know the, the part in the subway is pretty pretty good action movie kind of type scene. Uh, not a bad setup. Um, I'm gonna give Old Man Logan 36, uh, four out of six claws. I'm starting to enjoy Briston's storytelling a little more on this book, so that's good because I like him. Um, all right, number 37, exact same creative team. This cover is Bullseye and Old Man Logan fighting down a fire escape. Don't like it. I'm sorry, Diodato. Normally I like you, but this, this cover just seems really stiff and, I don't know, unaction-y for such an action scene. And his size look kind of weird. I'm very then but um anyway so in this story we meet the the lady that wrote the kingpin book sarah dewey she is now a drunk logan's sitting bloody on her couch she threatens to shoot him but of course she's too drunk too he calls her out um and he wants her help Kingpin gets a call from Bullseye who says he's got Logan in his sights but he's with Sarah Dewey and Fist says don't harm her. He's like alright. So they go to a hipster restaurant Logan calls it. Uh, get some food. Um, Bullseye makes like a, a color dye mess. Breaks some stuff. He gets some attention. Kills a guy with a bottle cap which is straight-up bullseye style. We use a trail of bodies before throwing stuff at the wall. Logan's none too pleased, and we get an awesome panel of bullseye with just a series of bottle caps being flown. Uh, some going into Logan's arm. One takes out one of his eyes in a pretty great panel. We get a sport. Um, anyway, he pulls it out. He's not happy. He's going to cut up bullseye, tell Sarah to run away, Bullseye breaks a plate on him. Says, I just need the drive. Sarah comes back and hits him across the back with a chair like a pro wrestler. Logan again says, please take the drive. Get out of here. I got Bullseye. Um, they fight with some ketchup and condiments <laughs> and other things, some more derbs as the uh, toothpicks land in the wall. Uh, then he sends a toothpick into Logan's ear, which is pretty gross, and obviously throws off his equilibrium. Um, Bullseye notices the bone claws on his right hand and says, you're losing your metal. Um, then he tells Bullseye, after Bullseye goes fishing in his pockets, that he doesn't have the drive. So he kicks Logan in the head and leaves. 
The author goes to find her hacker friend, but he just gets killed with, I don't know, like turkey tongs? I'm not sure what that is, actually. Some kind of little metal parabola will get stuck into his eyes and Bull's eye is like, all right, give me the driver. I'll take you out too. I don't care what Kingpin says. So I thought the art of this issue was actually better. Um, a little bit cleaner, a little bit more refined, but still in this guy's style, I would imagine. I'm not super familiar with uh, Talogic, but I thought this issue looked really good. And had a really nice intrigue. I actually really enjoyed this issue. Um, I would give Old Man Logan number 37 five out of six claws. We get some just classic Logan moments. Logan feels like Logan. Um, him and The fight between him and Bullseye is really great with the appropriate amount of Bullseye being a dick and Old Man Logan being a grouch. Um, just, it works really well. Nice pacing. Just issue works really good. All right, which brings us to Old Man Logan number 38. Same creative team again. Um, this cover has a giant hulking kingpin trying to choke the life out of Old Man Logan. It's, it's a little bit better. I like it. So, kingpin is watching the news. Bullseye made a mess. Kingpin's not happy. Made the news, made the headlines, doesn't like it. So Sarah Dewey pulls a gun on Bullseye. He's like, you can't hit me even with this Bullseye on my head. Uh, Logan is really worried about how Fisk is spinning things. He's you know, already got his anti-vigilante thing going in this New York City. Logan is worried that the videos of him are only going to help Fisk's cause. And he's worried that it'll spread to the X-Men. We go back to the apartment where Dewey does shoot a bullseye and indeed misses. He throws a plate on her, cuts her arm, takes the gun, and in a fantastic panel, this almost Frank Miller-esque, bullseye jumps out of the window and breaks the glass and it's like black with, I'm sorry, white with black silhouette and then a little bit of color from like the light, making like a yellow-orangey color. But to me, what really makes this panel is the blinds like above Bullseye, you know, coming out the window with them, and the way they roll and fold just looks really cool in this panel. I just, I like it a lot. Um, of course, Bullseye lands on a car. He runs away. Sarah runs into Logan. He's come to find her. He's like, I don't have it anymore. He's got the drive. So old man Logan finds a car. He jumps through Bullseye's windshield while he's getting a lecture from Kingpin takes them out. They do serious damage to automobiles and places. Uh, Bullseye, of course, grabs a shard of glass out of midair and throws it at Logan. But Logan cuts it with his claws. And he's mad. He can't see right. He's kind of dizzy from <laughs> having the toothpick busting his eardrum. And he does the old classic two claws around the neck. And he's about to pop the other one, but Bullseye passes out. So Logan takes Bullseye up the elevator to the Kingpin's office and says, I got your drive, fat man. What's on it? And Kingpin's like, here, I'll show you. It's not incriminating evidence. It's old pictures of Vanessa, my wife. 
no one knew that was on there because they couldn't crack it because they didn't want people to see it. They assumed it was like incriminating evidence. It's not. Um, but I'll, I can't let you steal from me. And Logan's like, I'm going to gut you right here and stabs his table. And he says, well, if you do that, I'm going to quit taking care of Sarah Dewey. And then weird thing, Logan leaves. And I don't, I just don't know that he would. It really bothered me. Um, I know he has to, right? Because he can't kill the kingpin. Because, you know, that's not the way the story can end. Um, I wouldn't want it to because, man, that Charles Soule's Daredevil is so good. Um, I can't wait to see Mike Henderson draw it. I mean, Garney was awesome. Did his own thing that was fantastic. And some of the villain guest, or guest artists, have been really good too. But that Soul has carried that book. Um, his writing's been fantastic. And anyway, so you can't have Logan cut up the kingpin here. It doesn't make sense to the Marvel universe. But at the same time, I really feel like that's the only way the story could have ended. Like realistically, with Logan, like, and he would have said, "I just met this Sarah girl. Yeah, I want to protect her. But I mean, if you're out of the picture." Maybe you're not taking care of her. Maybe things aren't as good, but you know, just because you saved her from being an alcoholic or gave her some money or whatever doesn't mean that she can't still get her life together after you're gone. Like I, That's a little bit just too thin of a thread string for me to feel like Logan would be like, all right, you're right. You win. I'm out of here. Peace out. You know, two claws. <laughs> snick, snick. Peace out. Um, just not sure he would do it. I don't know. I know he's getting softened in his old age, right? But, um, I don't know. Just, it bugged me. Art wasn't quite as good in this one. Did have a couple of really, really great panels. Um, just an unsatisfying, satisfactory, factoring, an unsatisfactory or unsatisfying ending. Um, Kind of left, uh, kind of soured the story for me a little bit. Um, I'm going to give Old Man Logan number 38, three out of six claws. But anyway, overall, I thought the story was pretty good. Uh, like I said, don't really know Talajic, but I thought his art worked in this story pretty well. So, no, see what else he does. Um, all right, so next up, we have a couple of issues of Venomized. Venomized one and two. Um, Minimize number one. Yes. Written by Colin Bunn. Art by Yvonne Cello. Colors by Matt Yaki. Letters by VC Joe Caramagna. And Nick Bradshaw and Jim Campbell do the cover. And on the cover, if you haven't seen the millions of ads for it by Bradshaw, um, Venom's front and center. Lots of heroes with them being attacked by symbiotes. It's, it's a very detailed cover and pretty cool. So we find a venomized X-Force. So basically, if, if you read the uh, Poison X story, which don't necessarily recommend, <laughs> um, we know that the Poison and their pet symbiotes are on the way to Earth and the X-Men Blue Team are trying to beat them back, but obviously they don't. So we have a venomized X-Force from another dimension uh, who come to the X-School in Central Park and start attacking the students and, and shooting symbiotes all over the place, including old man Logan. Um, 
with a nice snake when he gets taken over by a symbiote. Um, a really cool little bang panel where he gets shot with symbiote, symbiotic bullets uh, by uh, some Venom Domino. Um, so, you know, everyone's starting to get taken over. Hercules and Thor leave a bar. They get taken over. Uh, one of the So there's a couple of cool things in this book. One of them is uh, Venom Hawkeye shooting a Venom arrow, a symbiote arrow at Hercules and Thor. It's pretty cool. Uh, Venom Punisher throws some Venom grenades and hits Spider-Man, whose Venom suit turns into his classic black and white suit, which Cello draws amazingly. Um, uh, lots of other heroes get taken over. Um, you know, kind of. And at first, it doesn't necessarily seem all bad, right? Some of the symbiotes are helping the heroes. We have. Venom Doom and Venom Thanos watching everything on the big monitor screens. Um, our X-Men team contacts Jimmy Hudson to tell him what's going on. He's like, where's Gene? And they're all like, um, just go help the X-Men. <laughs> we find out that death, or a version of death anyways, behind the poison creatures. And so basically the idea is that the, the symbiotes bond to the people, power them up, but also steal their powers at the same time, and then the, when the poisons take them over, they get it all. They get the whole package. That's the gist. There's a really great panel of black and white Spider-Man flying through the air. He goes to the old bell tower, but it doesn't work. The symbiote resists. Um, then we find that for some reason, probably due to Edge of Venomverse, which I didn't read, the symbiotes are worried about carnage. They find Tim. They're going to make him bond with one of their symbiotes. <sighs> more Venom action. Then we end with uh, Carnage being forced to join with a different symbiote that he doesn't like. I gotta say, the art in this book is great. Um, Cello, if that's how I'm saying it right, Coelho, maybe. Um, Coelho. Coelho? Maybe that's better. Coelho, I bet that's right. Um, anyway, just does a really good job of this book. Just really good art. Gives us some visual treats with the symbiotes. Um, like I said, like the arrow from Hawkeye and some other things that are pretty cool. And him drawing black and white Spider-Man. Awesome. Looks great. Uh, and the story is better than it could be. There's some fun character moments and... You know, the nice little Easter eggs that make it kind of interesting. You know, the whole alien invasion aspect we've seen a million times, but it's fine. The art's so good and the story's so okay. I'm going to give Venomized number one three out of six claws, which, if you remember, higher than anything I gave the Poison X story, I'm pretty sure. I think that's right. Um, all right, Venomized number two. Uh, nothing different here. Uh, this cover... Which doesn't match up. Uh, no, it doesn't. There's lots of symbiote like going off page, so I wondered if maybe it, it matched with something. Maybe it connects differently to the other, like two through five. I don't know. But anyway, it's our X-Men blue team and their Venom glory. They're finally showing up back on Earth. And Spider-Man and Venom, of course, fight. Spider-Man's not happy that Venom wants to protect the symbiotes. It's not their fault. Magneto shows up. 
Jimmy Hudson shows up because they can remember he's there. Um, the symbiotes are forced to get some B-list heroes like D-Man and Rage to hope that the Avengers show up. Uh, Spider-Man is trying to figure out how to get the symbiotes off people. It's not really working, but then Agent Anti-Venom, which of course is Flash Thompson, shows up. But Eddie Brock's like, no, I won't let you kill the symbiotes. And they're like, we may not have a choice. Uh, they go to Monster Island looking for the Monsters Unleashed guy. They can't find him. The symbiotes do, that is. Um, he goes back to New York where he's not supposed to go. Captain America and some other Venom Avengers do show up, much to the Poisonous Plan. And then Thor Venom does something. I don't really know. Who cares? Um, art's still really good. Story was boring. As I'll get out, I'm going to give Venomized number two, two out of six claws, all for the art. All right, so we're ready to move on to a couple of last things, and then we will wrap this episode up. All right, so we have a few more comics to wrap up the episode, to round it out. No fooling. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, we got just a few random things. Yeah, yeah, a few random things to talk about. I'm not going to change course in midstream. Yeah. Commit to what I'm saying. <laughs> Alright, so continuing with some Old Man Logan, uh, we got a couple of things to talk about. We have, uh, first of all, Weapon X number 15. Yeah, we bailed on it with Georgie and Dan, but I'll still just very briefly mention it. Um, this is Happy Birthday, Old Man Logan, part one, written by Greg Pock and Fred Van Linty. Art by Roland Boshi, Boshi, I don't know. Colors by Frank Diamarda. Letters by VCs Joe Caramagna. And the cover is by Eric Kennedy. Um, I don't really care for this cover. Um, we have Old Man Logan and Sabretooth in a very ugly brawl. Sabretooth looks like a Nosferatu. <laughs> but if he was in like... And the scorpions. <laughs> and uh, Old Man Logan looks, I don't know, also similar to Nosferatu. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't really care for it. So, the basic gist is we finished our stupid nuke mission and it's time to relax. Everybody wants to go party, but Warpath doesn't really party, but... Domino gives him the winky wink and he's like, oh, all right, I can do that kind of party. Um, and Old Man Logan stays behind. He wants to watch footage of the fight and thinks that uh, Sabretooth and Lady Deathstrike are coming unhinged. They're still the villains they used to be deep down. But then he gets a text from Victor. It says happy birthday and then it's got emojis got a laughing tongue sticking out and the, oh, and the scream and dead eyes and then a birthday cake so we're getting a wolverine sabertooth birthday story remember every year on wolverine's birthday logan's birthday sabertooth comes to rough him up and you know he talks about in here either to remind him of what he's not like at least you're not as bad as me or to remind him of what he could be it doesn't really matter. Anyway, they fight. Old Man Logan is reluctant, but Sabretooth is all into it, even though... So, yeah, we're still seeing him kind of slip further and further away from his Axis personality. 
Um, we have some flashbacks to various birthdays. Um, of course, back to Sabretooth number 10. And there's one from, looks like World War One or two. Can't really tell. And then some classic 90s costumes, late 80s. Um, then in a bu- some business suit stuff. And then one that is very obviously the... Uh, from the Simon or Simone Bianchi story, um, it, it kind of apes the art style a little bit. Um, of course, then he, he plays a silver fox card, um, and they just kind of go round and round. Old Man Logan doesn't really want to fight, but then the ship flies off by itself somewhere. Um, Omen Logan tells a story about his future where Mysterio made him think he was fighting all his worst enemies and Sabretooth is front and center. But it was really, of course, the X-Men that he killed. But he talked about how when he thought he killed Sabretooth, they kind of allowed him to let go. He, he said he stepped in to fill the void um, and continued to kill the rest of the X-Men. Um, and Sabretooth gets a little pleasure out of that. And then they crash at some... I don't know. Sabretooth calls it a zoo. It's in Gamma World, New Mexico. I'm assuming that relates back to an old Greg Pak um, Incredible Hulk story. Or maybe it's the, the Jason Aaron one. Do they have like a bunch of Hulk animals? Anyway, I think that's what we're going to have is a bunch of Hulk animals. And Sabretooth's like, all right, more for the party. Um, It's not a terrible story. I really don't like the art at all. Um, I find it very ugly in places, and it's just not not for me. Um, I just not really at all. Um, parts of it I think are just kind of bad. Um, yeah, uh, I'm gonna give. You know, I don't know. Like, there's a, there's some philosophizing, philosophizing. Um, you know, about the differences or, or lack thereof between Old Man Logan and Sabretooth, but, you know, the more they go round and round, you kind of have to think of a new way to say that, and I don't really know if, if that was accomplished here. It kind of just felt like rehash of of better versions of this fight. So, and that's, right, that's what you got to do. I know, I know comic books, stories often recycle, Okay. So you have to do two things then if you're going to use an old an old theme, an old element. You either put a new spin on it, either that can be done several ways, like a new perspective. Ooh, we missed something the last time. You know, I introduce a new element to it, like kind of it's old but it's new again. Um, you tell it a different way, whatever. That's one option with kind of some sub-options. <laughs> or... If you're going to rehash it or recycle it, you got to make it better. You know, just blow it all out with, with really good art, better dialogue, maybe update it a little bit and make it more timely. Um, this kind of does none of that. It doesn't really add anything new. It's definitely not better than previous versions of this this theme, this birthday theme between Sabretooth and Logan. Um this doesn't really have much in the way to offer, unfortunately. So I'm going to give Weapon X number 15 two out of six claws. I'm really kind of ready for this book to go away, as I, you know, said on the, the other episodes of Georgie and Danny. Danny, sorry, Dan. 
<laughs> I didn't mean to call you Danny. I don't know if you mind or not, but anyway. All right, well, so we also have Old Man Logan and Avengers, number 684, No Surrender, part 10. This is... Oh, there's credit somewhere. There we go. Written by Jim Zub, Mark Wade, and Al Ewing. Penciled by Paco Medina and Joe Bennett. Inks by Juan Velasco and Rui Jose. Colors by Jesus Arbatov and Maury Hollowell. And letters by VCs Corey Pettit. Woohoo! Uh, Covered by Mark Brooks. And we have a Mad Hulk in the rain. Pretty cool cover. He's got glowing, beady green eyes. Um, and so we kind of get an introduction to the new Immortal Hulk, right? Um, he's back. Banner Hulk is back. And we get some flashbacks and kind of talks about how the Gamma Explosion didn't really create anything. It opened a door. And the door can never truly be shut because the Hulk is always there. So even when Banner dies... The Hulk is still there. And we go through some previous Banner deaths. And it's really cool because at the end of the book, um, they tell you where they're all from. Yeah, that's pretty cool. They give you like a little synopsis of this death scene comes from this story, these issues. Pretty cool. Um, so anyway, Hulk is back. Of course, his last death. Or no, I guess it wasn't the last death. Because that was Civil War. Or Hawkeye killed Hulk. And Old Man Logan was, remember, part of that crowd scene. So we get that again as we review that death. Then, of course, there was the Uncanny Avengers story. And then the Secret Empire story. And all the times Banner thought he'd done it. He finally died with the Hulk and just wanted to be left alone. But the Challenger, right? That's his name? Yeah, the Challenger. Guys challenging the Grandmaster. He resurrects the Hulk buried under that base in Vegas and um, brings him back to life as he ace up his sleeve. And, you know, we find out more about uh, Voyager. She's really the Grandmaster's daughter. She was his ace in the hole. Um, but she's kind of rethinking working for her daddy. Maybe she likes the Avengers after all. Anyway, the Hulk is set loose to gain the last paramoid for the Challenger. And there's lots of Hulk fighting against the uh, Avengers. And it ends with a standoff against Thunderbolt Ross as the Red Hulk in the U.S. Avenger Iron Man armor. So, uh, art in this book's pretty great. Um, Medina, a little more so than Bennett. Um, but still... Yeah, this is the, the better side of Bennett. Um, and the story, you know, this story's really kind of gotten better as it's worked more character work into the story. Because, I mean, you know, like the cosmic game itself is kind of, uh, like I said, kind of a revamp of the uh, old contest of champions as they're trying to collect these pyramids with their various teams. That part is kind of moderately interesting. But this story for me really picked up when they introduced like the the um, Hawkeye and Red Wolf story and then kind of really started digging in on some of the characters. And so they really dig into Bruce and Hulk here um, as he comes back and just kind of how mad he is. At, people just won't leave him alone. Even when he's dead, people keep bringing him back and that just pisses him off. And um, 
it seems to be all Hulk. You know, as we get into the next couple issues of Avengers, you know, that came out the next two weeks. So I'm kind of elaborate on that and, and do some more digging into that. And obviously, it kind of sets the table for the new Immortal Hulk book um, that's coming out. I think Al Ewing is writing that, who's part of this story. So he's kind of getting to lay some of his, plant some of his seeds. Um, so that's interesting. Anyway, I, you know, like I said, the art's really good. The story... The story's getting better to me as it goes um, and kind of explores some different things. Um, man, I guys, I can't, let's see. I really like Medina's Hulk. Like, it's really nice. Um, it's just kind of some brutal fighting. Um, I'm going to give Avengers 684 a very hearty, Four out of six claws. Like, it's almost five for me, but not quite. But, yeah, the story, Avengers story, definitely picking up the pace as it goes. All right, so that, that takes care of some Old Man Logan cameos, or, really, I guess Weapon X isn't a cameo. He's the focus of the book. Uh-huh. Um, but last up, we have kind of an alternate Wolverine in Marvel 2-in-1 number four, Fate of the Four, part four. Um, starring the Thing and Human Torch. This, of course, is written by Chip Zdarsky with art by Valerio Shitty, colors by Frank Martin, and letters by VCs Joe Caramagna. And we have a cover by Nick Bradshaw um, with the cosmic Victor Von Doom in the background and Thing and Human Torch floating in space. It's a pretty... Pretty cool cover. Um, one really tiny nitpicky thing. Um, Bradshaw gives the thing kind of like rocky gorilla toes, like gorilla feet, like where his toes are long and kind of fingery. You know, like, you know, like gorillas oftentimes in comics, uh, simian type characters will have like, you know, the, the hand feet, right? Kind of has a little bit of that going on, which I don't necessarily like. I could prefer like going back old school, Kirby. You know, John Byrne, just kind of the big fat rock toes. Um, that's my preference on thing. And even uh, Shitty in the inside gives him more of that. But that's that's a tiny little like detail that's just a preference of mine. It has nothing to do with the actual like talent of the art or anything like that. The cover is actually really pretty good. Um, and the story is pretty good. So remember, um, our heroes, Ben Grimm and Johnny Storm, are now going to with the help of um, Rach- Dr. Rachna, is are going to hop through the multiverse and use kind of a homing signal based on the cosmic radiation that binds the Fantastic Four together and kind of trace that through the multiverse to try to find Reed and Sue and the kids. Um, Spider-Man doesn't think it's a good idea. We get some cool kind of, you know, probably temporary, but cool nonetheless, um... Fantastic Four costume redesigns look pretty nice. Um, uh, and the Spider-Man does have a good line. He goes, he's talking about how dumb the Human Torch is and how they're missing Reed for this trip. And they need a big brain. And like, you think Captain America's name is actually America? <laughs> pretty good line. Um, of course, he goes to insult the thing, and his spider sense goes off. Uh, he says he's street smart. You you know all the streets: First Street, Second Street, Yancey Street. <laughs> It's pretty funny. But then Dr. Rockness shows up. She's going to be the brains in the operation. So Spider-Man's like, well, okay, I don't really know her, but sure. 
So they tether together and into the multiverse they go. And they're going to follow a uh, pretty strong beacon to in this different universe. And they get there. And they are accosted by She-Hulk and Wolverine who work for S.H.I.E.L.D. in this universe. And I gotta say, I know it's not, I know it's an alternate version of Wolverine, but, um, I gotta nominate a, uh, a snick to the year. You know, we're gonna call it the, uh, one, two, three snicked as, um, Wolverine gives him to the count of three to explain why he shouldn't just lay into him. And we go, snicked one, snicked two, snicked three. And he goes after the human torch who lights up. So they think they're scrolls. Um, on this world, they're still dealing with the scroll kind of secret invasion. Uh, apparently is much bigger, millions of people. Um, you know, I want to stop here and talk about the art. I really like Shitty's Wolverine. Um, this kind of shield uniform that he's wearing here, but it's still like the brown and yellow. It looks really, really cool. Um, yeah, I like it a lot. And I like Wolverine's kind of almost beard he's got going on. It's, it's really nice. Visually very appealing, as this whole book is. Um, I mean, shit, he's anything but what is. If, if anyone knows that I'm mispronouncing that and there's a different way to say that, please tell me because I would prefer because his art is anything but. I love this guy's art. Um, anyway, so She-Hulk and, and Wolverine attack. Of course, our heroes are not scrolls, so they fight back. But then, um, you know, we know their powers are on the fritz, so, you know, Human Torch flames off. Wolverine takes advantage and stabs him in the shoulder with his claws. And, um, and then he realizes the blood on his claws is red. It's not scroll blood. It's not green. And, uh, again... Again, second time in like two episodes, I feel like. We get a snitch, but we should have got a snacked. Um, yeah, as he, he draws his claws in, he's like, I think we messed up. Thing punches him through a building and says, take me to read now. So they do. Um, they're in the elevator and Wolverine's like, sorry, I stabbed you. <laughs> you wouldn't believe how often I have to say that. <laughs> and of course, Human Torch is like, apology not accepted as he's getting bandaged up. They meet an old crazy Reed. Um, he's got long hair and a big bushy beard. He's trying to, f you know, find his, find something. Uh, thing in this universe is dead. Human Torch is gone and apparently very dangerous. Uh, Sue Storm is the head of S.H.I.E.L.D. And, and Reed's just trying to protect the world. Um, in this universe... Galactus destroyed thing, and that's visually awesome looking. Uh, the, the Fantastic Four disbands, and then Doom comes along and builds a machine and defeats Galactus, but basically takes over his body. And he decides not to eat the Earth, but he still is starving, you know, crazy. So, we find out on the last page he ate everything else. So we just have a big black void with a sun and a single Earth orbiting around it. And then some kind of like protective like space station ring around the Earth. So um, that's apparently what Reed is working on. I'm going to guess with the lack of other planets. It looks like the Earth made have shifted closer. So maybe that's what Reed's trying to do is protect the planet um, from the sun, from the scrolls, whatever. No, 
I guess in this world, though, then the scrolls must have come pretty early. Or they just came after Galactus Doom went to their planet. But either way, it's an interesting setup for an alternate dimension. But really what sells this story is Zdarsky's interaction with the characters. His dialogue is both funny and charming and full of adventure. It's just a great combination. And uh, Shitty's art, and with Frank Martin's colors, looks gorgeous. This was such a fun book to read. Um, I've been in love with this series. Um, man, it's just just a great-looking book, great colors, that, and they, they go really well together. It's really just very pleased. Um, I'm going to give Marvel 2 and 1 number 4, 6 out of 6 claws. I definitely recommend reading this book if you're not. Um like I said, that, that Wolverine design is pretty sweet. Um, yeah, I wouldn't mind this team taking a stab at Wolverine. The Darsky and Shitty when, and Martin. Like, get the whole get the whole team on there. Do a Wolverine book. That could be pretty fun. But anyway, that's all our comics. So hope you enjoyed the episode. Um, next time... I don't know what it'll be. I don't know if it'll be some more with Georgie and Dan or if it'll be the next flashback um, or what. But, um, yeah. Yeah, something will something will happen. <laughs> I have been just started listening um, to the Wolverine podcast, The Long Night. Uh, it's not a podcast like mine about Wolverine. It's like a, a serial podcast uh, starring Wolverine. It, what I've heard so far reminds me a lot of like a radio show. Um, I think there's other pretty popular podcasts in that format that I don't really, <laughs> haven't really listened to, but um, yeah. So anyway, I as I get more into that, uh, you know, Aaron Ackerman really kind of pushed me over the. I was kind of like waiting to see like if there was gonna be a free version later. Maybe I could wait it out. Um, he kind of pushed me over the edge, so uh, I will probably look to get some of his opinions, so you're, you're on notice. <laughs> but anyway, after I get some uh, some more episodes under my belt, uh, I'll talk about that. I can get some thoughts, and uh, yeah, we'll see, see how I can incorporate some of Aaron's thoughts as well. Um, but wait, there's more before we get to the very end, because I recorded this in different pieces. I recorded a little bit earlier and then now I'm recording some later and Marvel 2 and 1 number 5 came out so I'm going to talk about that real fast because we have that alternate of course Wolverine in there it's pretty sweet um, it's called Doomsday written by Chip Zdarsky art by Valerio Shitty colors by Frank Martin and letters by VCs Joe Caramagna um, the cover is by I believe Nick Bradshaw does it say Maybe it says on this one? No? It's got to say. What am, I, what am I missing? I'm not missing it, I guess. But I'm pretty sure it's by Nick Bradshaw. Um, anyway, it's Thing and Human Torch and their doctor friend, whose name is escaping me right this second. Um, shoot. What is it? do 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 Rachna, yeah, um, they're trying to get away from Galactus Doom in this alternate universe. It's a pretty good cover, pretty nice. All right, cool. Well, remember, as they're looking for their family across the multiverse. They've come to this universe where 
the Fantastic Four fell to defeat Galactus, but Doctor Doom did defeat Galactus by merging with him, taking him over. And he's eaten everything but the Earth, but now he's on his way back to the Earth to finish his snack. And of course, Ben and Johnny are not happy that Reed Richards has kind of given up. We get a really cool panel of things slapping Reed around, and his face gets all stretchy. And I really like how his uh, gray temples bleed into his beard as well. It's a really nice kind of visual. So Ben is he's peeved, but Reed is sad, and he starts crying. He's like, you don't understand what happened, like what we've been through. Um, then Susan Storm shows up and says, I had to check this out when I heard what was going on. Uh, Johnny contacts Rachna, who sees a body in a hospital. So apparently she's looking for something, too. Anyway, we get a nice family reunion, but here we come. Doom Galactus is back. We get some Silver Surfer Doom bosses, which look pretty great. And we get to see some other kind of shield costumes. Um, the spider costume looks great. Miss um, Marvel's shield costume looks great. Daredevil's got a little shield patches. It's all really fun as they fight the, the Silver Surfer Doombots. Um, and Sue Storm kind of takes a page from armor, makes like an invisible shield armor. We get an Isclobber in time as Thing and Johnny go after it. And everyone's inspired by seeing the Fantastic Four. Um, and Reed, you know, ponies up and gets some guts. He's ready. Ready to fight back. He's kind of tried his best to kind of preserve. It hasn't really worked. Um, Johnny goes supernova but collapses. Reed saves him. And, you know, infamous Iron Man, Dr. Doom. Turns out he tagged along, kind of on the coattails through the multiverse. Uh, Wolverine, of course, gives him a snicked. It says he's going to go after Dr. Doom. Says any Doom is bad Doom. Um, of course, Dr. Doom uses a magical spell to knock him over and convinces Reed that, hey, we got to team up. I can help you defeat this other version of myself because it's kind of me, right? So I can do this. And so they do. But they need someone. So Ben and Johnny go to a Midwestern farm to find Norrin Rad. He's not the Silver Surfer anymore. He's just Norrin Rad. Um... And he's living with Emma Frost. She's not too happy to see Ben and Johnny thinks they're scrolls because they're supposed to be dead, right? But when she reads her mind, finds out they're not, she says, you know, I think the world might need the Silver Surfer one more time, honey. Then we end with Doom Galactus over the sky about to ruin everything. This story is so much fun, guys. And this art, oh my goodness, this art is good. Like He just keeps getting better and better. I, I don't I don't know what to say. It's so good. Our little Wolverine moment's fun, right? It's pretty cool. He's like, ah, Doctor Doom, something I can stab finally. Um, doesn't really work out for him, which is too bad. But you know, it's a nice little nice little play there. Um, but and this story is just heart wrenching. I mean, you got the whole like hopping through the multiverse and looking for the family. They find this world. Ben's like, we gotta go. This isn't our read. We gotta get out of here. And Johnny's like, would our read be okay if we left? this world to this fate like dang it i hate it when you're right i mean it's just it feels like so much like the fantastic four in the best way possible you know in the good ways because sometimes fantastic four can get a little bit too dopey but this is not zadarsky's not it's just it's good it's a great book great art great story really really fun but also just lots of adventure and i 
will also give uh, Marvel 2-in-1 number 5 6 out of 6 claws. And now we are really done. The episode is over. Um, so yeah, uh, next up uh, we'll, we'll have Danny and George back on. We'll catch up with X-Men Red and other X-Books including a cute Wolverine in, ex- in Exiles. So we'll see how that goes. But um, yeah. So until next time everybody, hugs and snicks. We'll talk to you later. Uh, Bye-bye. And snapped.